Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Simply Talk, a show brought to you by Simply Creative. My name is Andres Sarmiento, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jeffrey Creighton. Today, we have a special guest. Alex, please introduce yourself. Hey, guys. Alex Lugo. Mr. Uh, Alex Lugo. Not just Alex Lugo, you know. A new found director, writer. He's always been an actor, a great actor at that. He's <laughs> been you. highly trained. It's in, his, it's in his DNA. He's bled as an actor. I'm an actor, producer, filmmaker. Um, like... Jeffrey said, grew up in a family of actors. Both my parents were actors. Uh, and then I've worked with both of these talented men right here. Uh, Andres and I worked on Happy Anniversary uh, back in 2018. And Jeffrey and I just finished working on uh, The Bloodstone, directed by Ernesto Diaz. So that's a huge difference from the first intro to the second one. I mean, let's not be too humble. Um, we're going to talk about like the steps taken to where we are now, I guess. You say your father was an actor, right? How... Tell us more about that. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, my dad, his name is Daniel Lugo. He's a Latin American actor, most primarily for, like, um, film and television in Latin America. Uh, he's had a career for over 60 years. I grew up pretty much watching him on stage um, and watching him on set. And, yeah, it's really one of the main reasons that I got into acting. Ever since I was a little kid, I remember uh, one of my first experiences acting ever was I was, I was a little extra in one of his films that he was doing um and yeah i've always loved it because of that and so i grew up around not just my dad being an actor but uh like i mentioned my mom was an actress she retired when i was born uh to take care of me so she was pretty much my whole life she was a stay-at-home mom but uh before that she was an actress they met on set actually uh back in like the, the 80s yeah other than that like my because both my parents are actors and and in the medium like all of my family friends are directors, producers, actors kind of thing. So like growing up, I was always kind of immersed in the arts. Um, so, it so, just felt, it, so it just felt right. It was like your calling too, or what you wanted to strive for. Ah, man. Yeah. I mean, I think one of my earliest memories is, yeah, again, of my dad's film sets. I think since I was like three years old, I always said I wanted to be an actor. Um, so I... I didn't take it very seriously at first. My dad always wanted me to have like a childhood. He's, I mean, him being in the, in the industry for so long, he saw a lot of child actors, uh, kind of what they go through. You know, you, you lose your innocence pretty quickly and you're, it's pretty much you're working. You're working as a child actor and, and you know, long hours sometimes. And, you know, sometimes a lot of child actors have to be homeschooled. They don't really get to have like the regular childhood or like normal childhood that everyone else gets to have. Um, so my dad didn't want that for me. So growing up, like I was encouraged to do like acting in school and whatnot, but he, he really wanted me to focus on school. Um, and then, so I didn't really start like, uh, pursuing it professionally until after I graduated high school, like when I was 18 years old. Um, but I've always known that this is what I wanted to do always. So. Nice. That, I think that's a special feeling because, um, we overlook it sometimes, but not everyone has that sense of identity or calling like some of us go on our whole lives wondering what our calling is what we should do what what are we passionate about so we're, we're very fortunate to know even you at an early age what was that calling card i want to talk about um you transitioning mr alex from being an actor to producer when was that moment that you realized that okay you know what i can't just be alex Lugo the actor i have to be more than that yeah, um, 
It's a good question. I mean, I've always loved film as a whole, so I've always wanted to just like, jump in and, and do everything. Um, but one thing that really triggered it, I think, was I was reading an article about actors staying control of their careers. And I was talking to Andres about this earlier. Um, and I'm sure you know this as well as an actor. And, and um, so when you're an actor, like unlike other careers, like let's say you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something, you have a very clear career track, right? You're going to go to school, you're going to major in this, then you're going to go to law school or get or whatever graduate school you're going to go to afterwards. There's that, there's that ladder of success. Like, you know, each plateau, like, all right, there's the beginner, I'm an associate, then I, hopefully I get this uh, race and I do this. But... Exactly. There's a roadmap, right? There's a roadmap to success kind of, in, in a way, at least a big uh, uh, semblance of one. When you're an actor though, it's, you're really at the mercy of the opportunities that are presented to you for, for the most part. You are, you need to hope that you uh, are in the right place at the right time, find out about an audition for a character that really fits kind of what you want out of your career and where you want to get career. You can have a good vision of what you want, but you're really at the mercy of what is presented to you. And then whether or not that you know you get the role or not you have to audition and then you're competing against sometimes hundreds thousands of people for for a role um and so it's very luck based you know it's very very luck based your career is not it's not as clear of a, of a trajectory all that is to say um i was reading an article about how if actors want to take control of the careers and really guide it they have to start making their own things you know uh, you have to be not just an actor but a full-around content creator um, and you know, some people do that through, you know, TikTok, Instagram. That's not really my thing. Um, the short form is I, I, I just I feel like I'm not as good at it. But um, I, yeah, I I always wanted to make uh, films. And my one of my best friends, Phil Castilla, was actually the right one of the writers and directors of um, They Prefer Richards, uh, the film that I just finished doing. Um, he, me and him, he's been my best friend for like forever. He's an amazing writer, incredible writer, really, really gifted. People have this misconception on, on actors mainly, um, and any creator that they're very creative and energetic and just kind of like on the ready. Mm -hmm. But I personally think, speaking from my experience, that's a very like misdirected perception because leading up to that point, there's a lot of hardships. There's a lot of like breaking the molds of comfort of, of what you're used to, of like, we were saying earlier, Alex, that the idea of asking strangers for money to invest in a film that they have no context knowledge about, like this whole field of filmmaking and even just creating outside of film, let's say, it's a world of readjusting and reaccommodating and breaking the mold, if you want to put it that way. Like, what is your experience going through that process if you, if you have? I am a big believer that, you know, the only way to grow is to get out of your comfort zone. You know, uh, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's the only way you're going to grow. When I started producing this first short, Day Before Richards, I had no clue what I was doing. I never produced a short. I've been on many sets as an actor, but, um, you know, so I kind of knew the inner workings. I knew some, you know, I knew aerial cinematographer, I knew some sound people. I kind of knew about some certain things, but um, I never been on the like logistics side of things. Um, so it's definitely uncomfortable at first. You're doing something you don't, you don't even know really what you're doing. I think one of the biggest things is looking for guidance. Um, 
trying to find people that, that have done what you want to do and try to, you know, learn from them. So we, for They Prefer Richards, we brought on three different producers uh, as well as myself. So I brought on uh, Max Rivera, a good friend of mine. He's, uh, he works at uh, New York Film Academy. He's the equipment supervisor there and he's worked in a lot of uh, films down here in South Florida. But we brought on Louis Paz, producer of Happy Anniversary, good friend of ours, also part of the music composition duo Shy Monster. And so he had experience making, you know, Happy Anniversary. I met him through that experience and we had talked about making something. Do you find yourself more selective with like auditions and, and things that you're willing to accept as far as roles go, even if they come from your agent? Because I find that true with myself. Nowadays, I don't even want to spend my time on some auditions. So I'm wondering if that might be the same for you or is that different? No, that's, that's definitely true. Well, for starters, besides being an actor and producer, I'm, I also have a full-time job. I'm a software engineer. Uh, I, I do both back end and front end. I, I work for, for Square, the payment promise processing people. Um, yeah, so I, I have a full-time job. I, thankfully, I work from home. It's very flexible, um, so I'm able to do my projects. But between my work work uh, right now, my day job, I don't want to say work, work, because I, I do consider my acting to be my true passion and where I ultimately want to do um, full time. But yeah, my, between my day job, my survival job um, and uh, the, you know, all the producing stuff that now I'm doing, um, currently producing actually two, two projects right now as well. As well, as I mentioned earlier, because I have a full time job, I, I'm not necessarily relying on acting to pay the bills right now. Um, so like, for example, I really want to do theatrical stuff. I want to do film. I want to do TV. I, I, I want, I love doing theater as well. So I love doing theater. And so it, taking money out of the equation helps because, you know, there's a lot of great projects out there that might not have a lot of funding, uh, but they have great people behind them, great ideas. And, you know, that, you know, uh, if I was relying on acting as my source of income, uh, it'd be, you know, it might be more. You'd difficult. be screwed. You'd be screwed. Right. Exactly. Right That's now. Very true. Yeah. You know, you think that uh, perspective would change a bit, like, uh, or that selectiveness would change if you had no uh, consistent income? Um, yeah, I think I think so. I think I'd be, you know, I don't I don't like to do a whole lot of extra work anymore, and it's not, you know, it's not about like, oh, I'm, I'm above being an extra. No, like I, I I did I was an extra for a while and a few different things. You know, when you're starting out, I just you know, it's it's not acting you're not acting when you're being an extra you know so that's not what i wanted to do and you know you spend your whole day there i have the freedom to be able to like be more selective and only do work that's meaningful to me the hustle sometimes drains you as well you know i know personally for myself like so when i was in atlanta there was a thing that our class they were just saying do you consider yourself a star right so a lot of people love the five and under roles i did I booked one when I first moved to Atlanta within six months and I realized right then and there, this is not it for me. I cannot be a five and under actor. Yeah. And, and most people they're satisfied with that. I wasn't. And they're like, what? You're crazy. You're getting, you're getting paid for that. I'm like that, that I'm there for two hours and then you send me home. I want more than that. Yeah. So then I became even more selective, not saying I won't, I'm not going to not saying I will turn down a five and under role because it's, it's money. You know what right. I mean? But at the end of the day, I knew that's not where I wanted to stay. Kind of like what you were saying earlier. It's like, you know, you, you, you don't mind doing it, but that's not what you envision for yourself. And that's okay. It's okay to say that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, like I love being on set. So any opportunity I get to be on set, I, I, I cherish it. But, you know, as an actor, 
I like as I'm sure as you do as well. We want to develop characters and roles and, and really, you know, dissect them and 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 really become somebody else and tell a story. And you don't really get an opportunity to do that when you're doing a five and under or you're being an extra or you know whatnot. So um, yeah, it's definitely uh, you know the ultimate goal is to you know tell meaningful stories and and you know develop interesting characters. You know. What was the most challenging part of the transition from actor to filmmaker, like the total package? I think that the responsibility is one of them, uh, one of the biggest ones. When you're when you're a producer, you're really responsible for almost everything. You know, you have to uh, you anything that goes wrong, you're the one that's going to get called. You know, at the end of the day, uh, all the money conversations that are sometimes a bit uncomfortable. Uh, all of those conversations, they fall on your lap, you know, if something goes wrong, you're usually the one that's going to go fix it, you know. Um, so all the pre-production planning that has to go into before you get on set, people don't realize there's a lot, you know, between finding locations, finding, you know, like finding, a good, if you're starting from scratch, finding the script, the story you want to tell, casting locations, um, putting together the entire crew, finding the money, the budget, putting that all together and like finding dates that work for everyone. So scheduling is always a nightmare as well. And usually you're not doing that alone. You know, you have other people on the team, but you're, you're involved in every aspect of that, right? Uh, when you're an actor, you get your script, you maybe you've had a few table reads, you're going through you know, and you're learning your lines. And it's much more like, I think your, um, your responsibilities are a lot more concentrated and focused around your craft. Whereas a producer, you're really everywhere. And I think that uh, that spread, you know, you get, you, get, you get spread very thin. It's a lot of work. It's a lot, a lot of work. And um, especially if you're acting and producing, that's a whole, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I tell people the easiest thing about that, the process of filmmaking is press and record. The easiest part is shooting the damn film. What people don't see, which is what you're mentioning, is where the real work goes. I'm not saying that on set, it's not a mission, but in comparison, like before and after you're on phone calls, you're trying to fit problem solve. You're trying to figure out budget on my end. The hardest thing sometimes is not being able to crew the people I want because either budget doesn't allow it or we already have someone. So it's, it's a lot more pressure and weight that people don't see. Um, what about you, Jeffrey? What, what was your transitional experience? People like getting people to believe that I am good was the thing because I know that I am. That kind of you falls know? back I, to I, what I me knew. And, that's kind of that kind of falls back to what me and Alex were saying, like finding people who trust you. Yeah, yeah but they got to believe, yeah, that you're good, that you know what you're talking about. I know it. Some people, there's a difference. Some people believe that they are and it's not being cocky or anything like that. It's just I knew it. I, I, I felt it. I'm like, I know. I can do this. I know I can. I know I belong in the same room as some of these people. I know I'm an equal to them, you yeah. know, but I got to go out there and prove it. And a lot of times, you know, uh, you know, thankfully for you, you were able to strategically put people in place to make your first film more successful. But a lot of times people fail on the first one. You know what I mean? Well, you, you learn from it, but a lot of times it's a flop. I think Quentin Tarantino was like that. His first film was a flop, I believe. I could be wrong. Might have to Google it. But um, belief is is probably the biggest thing once people believe in you like the world is yours at that point it starts with you you know it's that self-efficacy you have to believe in yourself believe that you can do it know that you can do it 
and it all stems from you. you it radiates from you. It has, to, it has to radiate from you. You have to believe it with every ounce of your, of your being, you know? Let's turn the tables around and say now we're the ones that have the power to invest in other people's visions. Uh, knowing where we came from, what would you do differently? Like, like especially with someone that has no, uh, no context or no, like, um, nothing to show for, what would you do different to help them out or what would you be looking for to kind of like know that this person is worth investing although there's nothing to show for yet i think the things i'd look for if i was going to invest in somebody that's starting out it's, it's yeah some of the things i said earlier i think one eagerness to learn and and being humble being aware that you don't know everything you might not know anything but you you, you know some things but but you might not know a whole lot. There's a whole lot you're not gonna know when you start out. No one is born knowing how to make movies, how to, how to make anything. How to do, this applies to everything in life. Put aside just movies. When you're, when you're starting out in anything, you don't, like, nobody is born with this knowledge. I can tell from the moment of speaking to someone um, where their head is, you know? And, and I say that because when I met you, it was during the audition for a happy anniversary and I've never seen you act before. And I told Andreas this. I said, look, that's your guy right there. I, I, I said, that's your guy right I there. I don't that. even need to see him audition. I know he's good. I can tell. So sometimes not having anything doesn't mean that you're limited. It's just, a, you know, how you're able to articulate yourself in a conversation when it comes to film. You know, you may not even know anything as far as like the logistics behind it. But if I can talk to you, I'd be like, oh, this person will catch on quick or, oh, this person knows what they're doing. They're going to be committed to whatever it is. And that's all it takes. And I knew that the minute I met you, I was like, he's good. You don't need to even audition. Send everybody else home. I think I think that the core, I told Jeffrey this other day and I tell everyone the, the longer I'm doing this, the more I see my purpose. It's not just to create, but I, I feel a lot of joy when I'm playing a key role and bringing people together for a, like a unison purpose. Like what I love, what I love about filmmaking is that, that I get to meet people like you, Alex, like Jeffrey, like Lewis. The thing that I wanted to like, at least have you touch on Alex. Um, I know Andres mentioned it, but I don't think you actually got the chance to really touch on it. Um, breaking out of like insecurities as far as when it came to film. For starters, I think, I think Tarantino puts it best, you know, if you want to make movies, all you really need, he said, according to Tarantino, is just the love for filmmaking. If you want to make movies, watch as many movies as you can. If you want to be a musician, listen to as much music as you can. You know, if you want to be a writer, read as much as you can. I think um, all of those things. So if that, that's the first thing, you know, like whatever you want to do, you got to consume the greats. You got to consume the greats. You got to, you want to be an actor, go watch Meryl Streep, go watch Robin Williams, go watch Tom Hanks, go watch DiCaprio, go watch Marlon Brando, you know, watch those older movies, you know, Robert Redford. Um, like, bro, go back to Charlie Chaplin, like learn as much as you can about the craft and learn about it. I think that's super important. Um, I, had, I, I got, to, I got, I was fortunate enough to be able to train in New York. I, I studied at Stella Adler and that was one of the best experiences of my life. I learned so much. And I think that's super important. Number two, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Uh, again, uh, when we talk about get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That is so important. That's the way you grow. And it's a matter. And, and the important part is that that's the first part I said, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I would talk about, oh, being uncomfortable is how you grow. Getting comfortable being uncomfortable, that part indicates 
consistency. You are consistently putting yourself in a place where you are uncomfortable. And that's where growth comes from, not just from the uncomfortable situations you put yourself in, but the consistency of how often you do that. That's super important, I think, for anybody to grow in any field, no matter what it is. All of what Alex said basically means is just, you know, you know, shoot for the sky. And if you miss, you'll hit the stars. You know, that that's all that really is, man. And, but I will say this, though, man, Alex, I, I think you have a phenomenal group of people that you're constantly working with. And it is your tribe of people that you're doing films with. They're amazing people, even though I've only been on set with them once. But knowing that, like, you're keeping that same core together to do the next one and the next one, that consistency there, that familiarity that you have, it's going to make whatever you do next coming up, and I'm sure you have something coming up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it so seamless for you, man, because you guys are just building that constant experience of working together. And I do hope a lot more people adopt that philosophy of just like, hey, you get a full crew of people, you keep them together and make everyone happy to come there and do their job. I think that's the key too, because it seems like everyone that's there is happy about the job that they're doing, you know? And I think that goes down to also respecting each person that you have on your set. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, And I do want to say this, even though she's not here on the the podcast, maybe one day, who knows, but Selena, I am a big fan of you. If she's, if she's out there listening, I'm a humongous fan. And I'd love to talk to you one of these days on here. I'd love to work with you one of these days. I will keep prying until I get her to like, read a script i will keep doing it i think she's phenomenal man you know she's great man if you can get her on board on any project bro that project is going to do amazing she's she's a powerhouse bro she works harder than almost anyone i know so. yeah well, you know quick quick fun story um i know selena because we were in a screenwriting class together but we never really got us like the time to acquaint each other because i had dropped out like halfway into that semester because i don't even remember why i guess um something happened but uh, yeah, it was pretty cool seeing like familiar faces. So it's great working with people that you uh, came from nothing with, people that you would never think that you would work with. It's one thing that Miami has going for itself is that the community is very like tight. Like if you put the work in, you're bound to like meet everyone. Uh, he ain't working with nothing though. He working with some, you know what I mean? The one thing I do respect though about your set is even though, you know, you may not be able to, you know, like everyone can't make what they would make on a, a like a, a Hollywood movie set, right? At least you guys take the time to pay in some form of people's time because people do not realize how valuable another person's time is. Even if you're doing something that you love, you love it, you know what I mean? You could probably say, hey, I could do it free my life. But there are times where people, they're taking off from work, man. They're they're doing us all, all these other things to make time for your film. And you do take the time to do that. And the fact that you have multiple producers, I know that's a, a huge benefit. But you guys do take the time. So I was just like, when you told me like, hey, it is paid. It may not be a lot, but I'm like, it's all good, bro. Some people won't even give you a dime. They won't even yeah. give you gas for your car. You know what I mean? Not to shit on any people that's doing that, but you guys find creative ways. And I think that's the most important thing, man. Finding creative ways to make your film make people happy while they're doing it because the performances are always going to be better in every Jeff, aspect. Jeff, Jeffrey, we're running out of time. Come on. Let's... We're not running out of time. I just wanted to give the mass kudos, man. Can I give him some kudos? That was a good <laughs> kudos. That was a combo meal. You, you, well, 
I appreciate Enjoy. that. Thank you. Uh, and, and honestly, like one of the things I love most about everything I do, last thing I'll say is I love working with all you guys, like working with great people. And I've had the great fortune of work with you, Andres, and you, Jeffrey, and so many other amazing people here in South Florida. And I think, you know, appreciation is one of the most important qualities in someone, you know, being uh, appreciating, you know, the good fortune that you, that you have and, you know, the, the blessings in your life. And I think that uh, I'm very appreciative of, of having had those opportunities. So. I mean, be- before we say our true goodbyes let's 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 give the audience a little last two pointers um if you were able to see that five-year-old kid in you and look back and give him one one uh main key of advice what would it be that would probably help you out a bit more make the the road a little shorter don't be scared to be you don't be scared to do your thing you know like you know growing up man like i think you know the the smart kids the you know, the, the kids that are a little bit eccentric, a little bit weird, you know, quote unquote weird, are the ones that get picked on, you know, but those are the people that go, go on to become artists and become, you know, like, uh, you know, CEOs and, and successful and you know, the kids, you know, that, that, you know, maybe were a little more eccentric when they were younger or whatnot. So, you know, don't be afraid to be you, you know. Final question. What is creativity for you? Creativity is, I think it's, it's, it's thinking differently. Uh, I, it's what we said earlier, you know, I... I'm a big believer that every single experience you have in your life, every experience in your life is a learning experience. And we all come from different perspectives, different backgrounds, you know, culturally, you know, uh, uh, education, uh, and even like, you know, like just your life experiences vary from person to person. I think every experience is a life experience and therefore everyone has some different bits of the table and that uniqueness and that difference is where creativity is born i think i really enjoy asking these questions and i really enjoy having you on the show today alex and it's a pleasure to have the time to talk to you to have worked with you to have met with you and honestly i'm looking forward to many more projects ahead um as always thank you guys for watching another episode of simply talk and as always stay creative